Oh, I recognize that tone. Is it my turn to share my part of the story? You could tell the rest of the story if you really wanted to. No, 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 no. We agreed that we would take turns, and now it's your turn. I shall content myself with my humble part while you enjoy weaving the rest of our splendid tale. Are you sure? Because you're already waxing poetic like you want to tell the rest of it. You go stretch your legs and see how things are going outside. I'll let you know when my part is done, darling. I'd say she's just jealous that I'm more eloquent, but she has learned a lot from me over the years, so that's not entirely true. I do tend to be more outgoing, and even after all this time, the tale can be tough to speak of. It wasn't an easy thing that we set off to do, and traveling through winter in such a small group made it much harder. Sometimes, I wonder how we made it through that. But, I digress. I'm not here to bemoan the challenge of that winter's journey. I'm here to tell you of my daring journey into the enemy's camp. <laughs> now, it was not my first time partaking in such an endeavor. Being one of the few changelings still living in the neutral zone, I could offer a unique service that no one else could. I could make myself appear to be working for either side, and I did this often to mislead scouts or recover stolen items from military encampments. It was easier to do with small groups, and I had to be careful not to do it too often, otherwise people would get suspicious. I also tried not to do it more than once with the same group. This job was rather tricky. I didn't know which army these people belonged to, or what their mission was, so I had to be careful with my approach. Step one, figure out if they were human or fey. Step two, pick face, gather information. The more information I could gather on the group and their purpose, the more plausible my story could be. Thankfully, we were in a heavily wooded area with lots of brush to hide in as I cautiously approached the camp. The closer I got, the more signs I saw that whoever they were, they'd been there for a while. Hunting snares, waste disposal, a general lack of fallen branches and kindling. The techniques seemed to be human, too, though I wasn't sure until I saw one of them wander into the woods to take a leak. He didn't see me, thankfully. <laughs> that would have led to a rather uncomfortable situation. Once he was out of earshot, I did a wide circle around the camp until I found the signs of where they had traveled in from. I took a few minutes to make a face plain enough that they would trust it without really being able to make where it was from. The challenge with this was not just taking James's face, because it was the only human male face I had seen for several weeks. The chances were too high that they would recognize it, though, so I focused on a face that I had used in the past. In hindsight, I should have gotten my face together before I left the tent, but in my defense I was preoccupied. So I did the best I could in the circumstances and set off towards the camp. I made enough noise that they wouldn't be startled by my approach, but not quite enough to draw the attention of anything unpleasant. Their conversation echoed back to me through the trees, not loud enough for me to discern the words until one of them heard my approach. I heard them order another to go check it out. There was some bickering back and forth until the second man acquiesced. 
To say he was surprised to see me was an understatement. But when I asked to sit by their fire for the moment, he led me back to the camp, where he introduced me as the messenger that they were waiting for. Turns out, I got very, very lucky. This group had been camping out here for weeks, searching for something. And while they worked, they received regular updates via messenger. They commented on me being late, so I made up a story about getting lost and then being slowed down by the early winter, and they believed it. Mostly. Though I'm sure one of them suspected there was something else that slowed me down. When he cornered me later to talk about it, I made up a rather embarrassing story with just enough detail to be believed, and thankfully, he believed it. They invited me to join their camp for the night so I could get a safe rest before returning home. I was glad for the warmth of the fire and for the food, even though the rations were more stale than the ones we had at our camp. Human food was incredibly bland back then. But, being the talented actor that I am, I played it off like it was delicious. And while I was eating, I listened. When I finished eating, I started asking questions. Vague questions, questions that wouldn't arouse suspicion, but would give me the general idea of what was going on. It took most of the next day for me to get the information that I needed. It took longer to find an excuse for me to get away. Thankfully, I extracted myself just in time to stop Viv from tearing them all apart with her bare hands. She was in a right foul mood when I found her, which, personally, I find adorable. If you tell her that I said that, I will deny everything. We moved our camp soon after I returned, making sure to erase any traces of our presence. Since the day was young, we also opted to cover as much ground as we could that day, creeping quickly through the woods just within sight of the ancient road. No one spoke much that day, just in case the group came in close. I told them that the humans were not going to be a problem, and that they were soon to be returning back to the kingdom. But there was more to the story that I waited until I could speak to Vivian privately. You see, they were looking for someone very important to Viv's history. Someone that we all thought had been dead for a very long time. Someone responsible for what happened to her mother so many years ago. Forced to become lab rats and help fuel humanity's great army. They were looking for a scientist named Dr. Nikolai, who went missing many years ago. Someone thought they'd found a lead, but it didn't pan out, so they gave up. He wasn't just any scientist, though. He's the one who made the call to cast out my mother. And the only place he could be nearby where they wouldn't have already found him was the lab. Which was our next destination. You have been listening to Ceasefire, the story of the end of a war that did not end the world. This story was written and produced by Brianna Jean as part of Pseudonym Social, a creative podcast network changing reality one story at a time. In this episode, you can hear the voices of Brianna Jean as Vivian, Zadkiel Vasky Huff as Sam. You can support all of our productions over at patreon.com pseudonymsocial. To get more information on this or any of our other shows, check out our website at pseudonymsocial.com.